0: Listeners, I'm Rachel Wong with Below the Radar, a knowledge mobilization podcast. Below the Radar is created by SFU's Vansity Office of Community Engagement and is recorded on the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. In this episode, we are joined by John Walker, Canadian filmmaker and cinematographer. He has won international acclaim for his films in the documentary genre, and is one of the co-founders of the Documentary Organization of Canada, an organization that advocates for independent documentary filmmakers. John sits down with our host, Am Johal, to discuss his latest film, Assholes, A Theory.
1: Delighted that we could have John Walker with us, director of Assholes or the proper name. <laughs> Assholes a theory. Asshole's a theory, thank you. So this new documentary that's gonna be screening at VIF right now and also coming up on the, the documentary channel early in the new year. Yeah. Was based on a book by political theorist, philosopher Aaron James. So wondering if you can talk about how you conceived of the project.
2: Yeah. So I sort of set this up in the beginning of the film that I was having a discussion with a female colleague, a filmmaker, you know, and, and she posed the question do you have to be an asshole to be a great filmmaker she was sort of frustrated you know that these male filmmakers we just seen a conference with somebody it was a bit of an asshole but uh, anyway so it started this thought process you know and i think women often ask that question i think my wife's an architect you know she thinks about these famous architects who are you know behave badly let's say you know without having to name them but uh, anyway so i ended up Going to my favorite bookstore in Toronto, the U of T bookstore, it's this huge, huge bookstore, and I, I always ask the muses, is, is there something here that, I wasn't thinking specifically about assholes, but anyway, I found this book, Assholes A Theory, there it was. So I read it, and I came into my office, and Bernier was there, my co-producer, I said, this is my next project, and everybody in the office, I looked at, assholes? What are you thinking? What are you, so yeah, the book really struck me. So the first thing I wanted to do when I read the book is I wanted to give my daughter a copy. She was 20-something, and I thought she had been bringing some of these types home. <laughs> because her father always thinks that her, that her daughter's boyfriends are all assholes. You know? <laughs> they may not be, but you think they are. Right? So I gave her a copy. She loved it. And then the second thought was, I think there's a film here. You know, The book is a, a kind of a warning about the rising tide, in my words, the rising tide of assholery. And it was kind of a warning, and I felt this was coming. And this is before Trump was elected. But I thought it was a very relevant, relevant book.
1: Absolutely. And in the book, uh, and you talk about it in the film as well through the interviews, but there's different types of assholes. I'm wondering if you can characterize the kind of typology, at least how Aaron James references it, but also in the people that you interview. Yes, yes.
2: He says there's many species of, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, the the Facebook asshole, the smug, the self-aggrandizing asshole. There's the corporate asshole. There's the, you know, cable news, you know, asshole. And, you know, there's various types and so there's an interesting range. And one of the people in the film says, you know, we're, we're blessed with you know, more descriptions of this type of behavior than any other human behavior, you know. But uh, Aaron took this, you know, he's a moral philosopher. He took the subject seriously, but also he's, he has a sense of humor, you know. And there is a certain amount of humor with, you know, with the word. It's a bit, you know. And we can, as we show in the film, you know, we can laugh about this type of character in the movies or in theater. You know, there's a certain type that we can laugh at, but, but it's not real. As John Cleese says, you know, you could laugh, at, but not try living with one or working for one, and that's a different story. So we look at the range of the different types of assholes, you know, so it goes from, you know, the guy weaving through traffic in his BMW, you know, to, of course, somebody running a corporation or country and creating a toxic environment that is destructive to people. So there's a great, there's a wide range of this behavior.
1: Yeah, and I imagine with both the book and the film, because I think everyone's had some kind of inexperience with assholes of various types and variants, so I think it's very easy to engage with the material uh, in a sense. And in your research and discussions with people, did you find different ways that people coped with encounters with assholes?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because a lot of people, and I think, you know, maybe it's typically women will, you know, will blame themselves you know, if you're being treated badly, like what did I do wrong here? I think men do the same thing. But you know, typically it's a male behavior often uh, directed towards women. But I think what, what was important to me about the book was because it names the behavior and describes it as a moral type, it allows you to say this is unacceptable behavior. So it's empowering in that sense. But I think that if you're not aware that this is bad behavior, you're not aware of what an asshole is doing and being be able to define it, you could take it on yourself, thinking, what's wrong with me? I'm not doing a good job because, you know, you're being yelled at, you're being shouted at, you know, you're, you're not being respected, you're not being treated as a human being. And you think, what have I done to deserve this kind of behavior? And it's kind of accepting and not realizing. So I think that, um, I mean, I chose some people in the film that did resist and push back, uh, Sherry Benson Podolchuk's as a former RCMP officer. So we explore her relationship to the RCMP, and that was an interesting case of resisting this this behavior. Yeah. Now,
1: you, you mentioned, and Aaron James does as well, that assholes tend to be disproportionately male, mm. and there can be a racial component to it. Uh, the assholes can come in all shapes and sizes and, yeah. and different genders, but they happen to be disproportionately male, or at least in this North American context, well, disproportionately white male. Yes. What was that discovery that you made? In, yeah, in the process yeah. So of
2: that, that was it was interesting exploring the gender issue, and Aaron has a chapter on that in the book. You know, so what what I discovered is when I went to Silicon Valley, and I was because I found that particularly interesting. We can talk about that as we go forward, but you know, it's a very liberal left culture. We're changing the world, making a better world, and so I started talking to people there. And some women that I talked to, uh, there was actually an article in The Atlantic, why does Silicon Valley treat women so badly? So there was Kim Scott who wrote, wrote a book, Radical Candor, which is a very interesting book about how not to be an asshole in the workplace. But anyway, she realized that she was acting the asshole. She was imitating her boss and following her boss's lead that you have to be an asshole to be successful in this industry. And then she realized, no, this is wrong. This is, you know. So I think, you know, women can... In, if they're in positions of power, feel that they have to act like that asshole that's positioned in power and, and emulate their bosses. But that's more rare. And in Aaron's definition, it's a sense of entitlement that seems to be a very male, particularly vis-a-vis women. I mean, we have a culture, a male culture, of feeling superior to women. I mean, we we pay them less, you know, they didn't have the vote and so on. So there's there's a real cultural sense of men thinking that they're superior to women. So that's definitely, you know, well ingrained.
1: And then what you cover in the film around a certain type of Silicon Valley tech bro, the kind of combination of Silicon Valley and the tech industry that produces a certain maybe a certain type of asshole.
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, we sort of go back in terms of a trajectory of are you born or bred an asshole. So you know, (laughs) it's an important question. Yeah, yeah. So we sort of go back, and you know, Jeffrey Nunberg, who wrote the A word, wrote a history of the, the use of the word. You know, says. Well, you know, we wouldn't call, you know, a five-year-old uh, you know, an asshole. We might call him a little shit, but not an asshole. And old enough to be responsible. To be, you know, and teenagers are sort of playing with this, you know, this kind of behavior, and, but they're not properly defined yet. But we look at the fraternity culture, you know, this toxic masculine fraternity culture at Cornell University in particular. We just happen to be there. So we, we start to look at this trajectory that, you know, hopefully your parents will teach you not to behave this way. And we have a scene of toddlers fighting and spitting at each other, trying to get access to a bicycle, you know. And so we try to train people out of it. But if they get into a fraternity culture that supports this behavior and condones this behavior, and they come out of university and get into a services sector, a financial services sector, Wall Street, where they you know, demand individualism and demand this kind of behavior, or in this case, Silicon Valley, then, then you're stuck. You're you're being supported. You're being um, celebrated for this behavior. You know. So we we look at who's celebrating this kind of behavior and the problem that that causes in society.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. We the last few weeks we've had a number of conversations with people on the podcast around nationalism and patriotism and the distinctions and this sort of. There is a kind of very strong relationship to assholism uh, in a way. And I know Aaron James has written a book about specifically Trump and his brand of assholism. his yes. his new
2: book. Yes, that's right. No, that's right. Yeah, Asshole's a Theory of Donald Trump, yeah, his sequel. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've had these conversations with Aaron, I mean, imperialism, I mean, British imperialism, for example, is, that's assholery, a bit large. You know, this is a sense of superiority over others, you know, the way the British treated First Nations in this country or in, in India, or, you know, it's just the assumption that we are superior. Well, that's assholery. That's imperialism. And so that so the roots of assholery really are in imperialism. We just didn't have a word for it. But we would have called Napoleon an asshole if we had we had <laughs> the word, you know. So
1: No. In terms of conceptualizing the film after you read the book, you've got a long history and record of producing work for many decades, but was there other work that you've done previously that you looked at in terms of approaching the work in terms of how to tell this story?
2: Of my work my own work, yeah. Know? Uh, not really. This is sort of a departure. I mean, I've done essay. This is an essay film. And I've done my previous film, Quebec, My Country, Mon pays, was an essay about growing up in Quebec uh, during the Quiet Revolution in which 500,000 Anglophones left the province uh, due to the issues that you were talking about, ethnic nationalism and cultural nationalism and so on and so forth. So that's an essay form. And I've also, what made this unique in a way was it was adapting a book, being inspired by a book. So you've got a certain... You know, foundation of a book, and I I adapted one other book before called Fatal Passage about the Northwest Passage, uh, the film was called Passage. So so I had worked with books before and and turning them into a screenplay, but this was very different because this was not a story as such. It was not a narrative. It was you know dealing with a subject matter of human behavior and how do you shape it into an essay form and have something to say about it. So so it was it was very different for me and it was it was more challenging. Also because it wasn't as visual as i like to be. Right. It's interesting.
1: It's a work of philosophy that you're uh, adapting onto the film. We had a chance to interview Astrid Taylor about her book, What is Democracy?, a few months back. Yes. uh, Similar to she's working with a philosophical concept. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I veered from the philosophy. You know, I mean, the book is called Assholes, a Theory. And the theory part is Aaron's philosophical musings on the subject. And philosophy doesn't really fit filmmaking that well, particularly if you're referencing philosophers that your audience is not aware of. And even myself, I'm, I mean, I'm looking up who was so-and-so and who was so-and-so, and I'm trying to, you know. And we sort of opened the film where I meet some people on the street and I say, I'm making this film about asshole a theory, and this African-American saying there, oh, it's not a theory, you know, it's a reality. You know, what are you talking about? So I, I kind of, the film is more about the reality. You know, Aaron's book was a theory and I'm looking at the reality of it. So that was kind of where I was going. So I was less on the theory and more on the, you know, what's the practical reality of Aaron's theory. So that's how uh, how I shifted it.
1: In terms of um, assholes you've encountered in your own life, is it other filmmakers? Is it a workplace setting Actually, or yeah. all over the map?
2: Interestingly, I mean, interestingly, I mean, one thing I, I found in the book when I first opened it up, I always, when I find a new book, I open it randomly to a page and see if there's some connection to me. So I wrote, opened it up at page 101 and Aaron had written if a young boy had been born in the United States, Italy, or Israel, he is far more likely to live the life of an asshole than if he had been born in Norway, Japan, or Canada. So I say, oh, interesting, it's, maybe it's cultural, and that's what made me interested in the book. So certain cultures produce this kind of behavior more than others, and so that interested me. So, you know, Cleese says in the film, We don't think of Canadians as producing assholes. You know, you're much more balanced and reasonable and less aggressive than the Americans. So it is partly a cultural thing. So that was interesting to explore, you know, what kind of cultures. And when I talk about culture, we're talking about corporate culture, asshole capitalism. There's a chapter on asshole capitalism. There's corporate culture that produces assholery. And then there's a national culture. And what I found in my research is that countries like Norway and Canada have a safety network you know, social safety network of Medicare and so on, are less aggressive in terms of having to survive. They're less individualistic and more collective in their culture of helping people, you know. So all cultures do have assholes, but some cultures produce, condone it more than others.
1: I like that term asshole capitalism because it's not just in the capitalist world. It signifies a kind of culture because I I run into assholes in the university, for example, uh, but they're functioning within perhaps a culture of asshole capitalism.
2: Yes, yeah, I mean, universities certainly, universities, academics, uh, you know, I talked to a lot of academics that, oh, yes, yes, there's a lot of asshole, And in fact, that's why I found Cornell University interesting, the Cornell Law School. And, you know, lawyers have a reputation of this behavior, <laughs> right? And they have adopted a no-asshole rule hiring policy at Cornell Law School for their own staff. And they're very concerned about asshole behavior with their students. So I thought that was interesting because there's a solution to this, and that's this no-asshole rule
1: yeah I had a friend of mine who ran the Purple Thistle for years, which was an anarchist youth center, and they came up with their own rules for the place. I mean it was very you know anarchist, it wasn't official rules, whatever, but one of the main rules was no assholeism right that yeah. was like there's only two or three things you know clean up after yourself and no assholeism yes. it was like a very yeah, basic yeah. kind of
2: no exactly it, it is it is kind of a basic you know principle in terms of i mean one thing that I liked about Aaron's approach is that it's nonpartisan. You know, you can be an asshole on the left or the right. And, and I think that's important, you know. But the warning about this increasing, particularly in America, that he was seeing this increasing potential, there's factors there of this increase. And social media is one major factor that seems to be allowing this behavior to... It's it hard to push back against social media haters mm-hmm. and, and trolls and so on. So social media is having a big impact. And Silicon Valley is the center of this culture producing the products that are allowing this kind of behavior to take place, hate language and so on and so forth. So that's, I think that's important. But I guess what Aaron is talking about in the book is that, let's face it, we're not naive enough to think we're going to get rid of all the assholes in the world. Mm-hmm. But it's a matter of equilibrium. And what happens is if that equilibrium, if that balance is out of balance and assholes are in charge, then we're in trouble. And that's the example of the 2008 crisis, financial crisis, when the, the capital was it was assholes were in charge and led to a complete disaster and a global crisis.
1: I'm going to run a few names by you to see if they hit the asshole test. Kanye West.
2: Well, we referenced Kanye in the the film because we talked to a lot of young people. I was asking who they admire. You know, are there any favorite assholes? And he certainly came up as as one. Yeah, Yeah, Boris Johnson. Yes, I mean, in my opinion. I mean, you know, I have to say as a Canadian, I'm very shy to start naming names you know, uh, right? Because we don't come from that culture like a pointing fingers.
1: Maybe that's why there is a culture of sort of passive aggressiveness in Canada. It could be. So assholeism maybe gets presented in a different yes, way. Yes, yes, I think you're right. No, I, I
2: think you're right there. Yes, yes. It's under the surface, our assholery, you know? And in fact, that's what Aaron brought up in this book about Trump. He said, you know, there can be a positive reaction when this kind of assholery surfaces and the truth comes out of what your underlying racism is, the underlying... You know, uh, disturbing asshole attitudes when they come to the surface, and there can be a reaction, and it can actually be a healthy reaction, and to deal with the stuff that's hidden below the surface. And I think there's some truth to, some to extent, that.
1: Some extent, there's some there's a kind of strange relationship to it as well, because when, especially when you throw it into the toxic cocktail of politics and populism, that assholeism can actually be a kind of mobilizing entity yes. in a way that it has been for Trump, let's say, or Berlusconi in Italy. Yeah, very much uh, so. In, in other places. And so there is sort of this relationship to nationalism and populism that the asshole can invoke in a way that produces effects that can be really negative for a lot of other people, yeah, yeah. particularly minorities and other people.
2: Yes, uh, absolutely. You know, Leslie Miley, the African-American that we interview Silicon Valley, you know, points out how the social media is supporting those silos that people who are constantly hearing information about from their point of view, whether they're, you know, white supremacists or you name it, and becoming radicalized because they're not hearing any kind of balance. You know, so again, looking back at social media is really enhancing the ability for this kind of hate. I
1: imagine it's going to be really popular in Alberta and Ontario, given their political leadership right now. Hopefully, yeah, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you again to John Walker for joining us on this week's episode of Below the Radar. His documentary, Assholes, a Theory, continues to screen around the world. During the month of March 2020, the film will be screening in Duncan, Vancouver Island at the Travelling World Community Film Festival, in Ontario at the Belleville Downtown Doc Fest, and in California at the San Luis Obispo International Film Festival. We've linked to all of these screenings and more in the episode description. In our next episode, we are joined by Scott Bernstein, the Director of Policy at Canadian Drug Policy Coalition. Scott's work centers around the development of drug policy for Canada.
1: Decriminalization also is a policy change that's a band-aid that helps a lot, but it's, it's a response to a broken system. And so what we are doing now is we've been funded through uh, some different funders. Health Canada has funded us through the Substance Use and Addiction Program to do a set of national dialogues across Canada to talk to people about what is a public health response to drugs.
0: Join us on March 17th to hear more from our interview with Scott Bernstein. Stay in the loop with Below the Radar by following us on Twitter and Facebook. And be sure to subscribe wherever you find your podcasts, including SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and Player FM, and many more. As always, thank you to the team that puts this podcast together, including myself, Rachel Wong, Paige Smith, Fiorella Panillos, and Kathy Fang. Davis Steele is the composer of our theme music, and thank you for listening. Tune in next time for a brand new episode of Below the Radar.